for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is April 21st, uh, 2020. And today on the podcast, we have Cameron Deerfield, returning guest, and Justin's back with us. So we're talking about mobile setups and a whole bunch of other stuff. Welcome to the Fall Podcast, and back with us this week is Justin, co-host, trustee, Batman and Robin. What's going on, man? <laughs> Not much. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, today, we're recording this on Sunday, April 19th. Actually, yesterday, our Michigan's turkey season opened, but today, I was successful. First, uh, first morning out. I, I filmed yesterday morning, but... This morning was the first morning that I had a weapon, and uh, pretty cool hunt, man. Yeah, I, I want to hear about that. I, I got the Snapchat earlier this morning. <laughs> went, yeah. It went from uh, hammering over there to he gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was crazy. Uh, basically, the birds, we didn't even roost the birds last night. We just, on our family farm, we have... I mean, usually there's about four or five different spots where they're always roosted every year. And um, my buddy and I, Pat Cook, and my dad, uh, he was supposed to go. It was raining this morning, and he didn't end up showing up till late, but uh, we won't talk about that. <laughs> but uh, so Pat and I went up there, and, and uh, it was raining, so I didn't, I didn't take a camera. I, I brought the stuff with me, um, but didn't take a camera. I did bring a GoPro. And then Pat, uh, he filmed it on his phone. He's got like the latest and greatest iPhone, and it's pretty ridiculous what you can do with those things and shooting oh, yeah. 4K, 30P, and stuff like that. So I'm like, he yep. had already killed yesterday, so he was just there, kind of for moral support. Um, you know, calling when I needed him to call, and then just, I mean, him and I do a lot of turkey hunting together. His dad and my dad have been best friends for a long time, and and uh, him and I just kind of keep the tradition alive and. We've been turkey hunting forever together, so 
uh, I actually called his bird in for him last year when he shot on our family farm. So, so we set up early that morning or this morning and, uh, the birds, you know, we, we owl hooted a couple times, tried to locate him, nothing. Uh, we had a avian X, um, Jake decoy that we just put out no hens and we just put him out and we sat down just hoping literally just hoping that they're going to be in the same spot and our property's getting logged off right now and there's no foliage on the trees at all right now so i mean you can see through the trees like crazy right now and uh, we set the decoy out on the edge of the field and we kind of nestle in and i'm like i mean it's getting to be that gray light it was right when i sent you the snapchat i mean it's pretty dark still but the the tom started gobbling in the back so i mean they were probably i mean it sounded like they were far away but they were honestly probably within 200 yards of us so we felt like we were in in the chips and every morning that we i'd go up there you know the last week those toms would be up in that corner of that field where we were at so i felt like you know we'll just sit here let it play out and see what happens um once they started gobbling i me personally I, I love to hear turkeys gobble and in the past i mean it's so easy to over call um i really like using a slate call and i got the slate out and i just started doing some slight you know tree yelps just to kind of let them know that yep. that i'm there and you know it, it, you know too i mean you can over call so easy and i think and i've went through it i think you you love to hear turkeys gobble back to you and it just gets you excited, so you just keep call, 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 you know. And then birds usually they you know maybe won't come in or hang up or because you're trying to play the game of like that. Tom wants the hen, he wants you to go to him. I want him to come to me. So you're like that whole give and take kind yeah, of thing. You're, yeah, you're doing the opposite of what they're supposed to do. Uh, right, you're going, you're fighting you're, against nature, you know, really. Right. And uh, yep. a couple years ago, um, I was Alyssa and I were on a hunt and same kind of thing we set up and bird would gobble 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 and i just call 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 he'd gobble 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 he'd come out in the field and wouldn't come any closer i mean he was at like 200 yards and i'm like you know what i just kind of actually got tired like didn't want to call anymore i'm like this is ridiculous i just shut up and it literally was three minutes and he just was like got curious i gotta go look for it and he came on a string right to us and that was like one of those you kind of screw up moments to like learn something ever since that day i'm like you gotta tone her back so oh yeah yeah so back to this morning did a couple tree yelps and all of a sudden i look up on the edge of the field and three hens fly right down into our set and i mean they were right above us and i'm like crap this is not good and they just started picking around and started purring and, you know, doing the feeding purrs and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, we, we might be all right. And, I mean, there was gobbling all over. I mean, there had to have been 10, 12 gobblers all over our farm this morning. And uh, so the three hens came out, and all of a sudden, it was about five minutes later, a tom came out behind him or behind them and – He's the definition of a subordinate Tom, just a wussy. <laughs> like he comes out at like 150 yards and he would only go into half strut and he would, you know, spit and drum. You'd hear him spit and drum every time, half strut, yep. half strut, half strut. And you'd like, you know, you'd call to him a little bit. And at that point I was trying to get the hens mad at me to try to get him to come over, but he would not like 
he didn't he just didn't want to go over there. He's had his ass kicked a couple times, I think. And um he stayed out at about 150 yards and I mean, it this went on for like 20, 30 minutes. And we're just sitting there and I'm like, I don't I told Pat, I'm like they're not going to come in unless these hens come in to this, you know, to to our set and they weren't going to come in. They were probably 75, 80 yards out. And all of a sudden over my left shoulder, I kind of catch something. I look over and here comes a strutter out of nowhere, comes in silent, coming right for the Jake. And, and when I saw him, he's at 40 yards and I'm he's full strut coming. And I'm like, Oh God, I go Pat right here, right here. And I'm like, this is going to, this is going to work great. He comes in, he, he stops at about 35 yards he looks at the hens, and then he keeps looking at the Jake. And you could tell his brain was like, "Should I go beat the hell out of that Jake, or should I really go over there and and just try to you know wheel those hens?" And he was he was fighting with himself. I you could tell, and he started veering off full strut. I finally got to get my gun up, so I'm like, I didn't have a rest or nothing. I'm just freehanding this gun, and I got my mouth call in, and he will not come out of full strut. And he's probably 40, 45 yards, I'm thinking, at the time. And I'm like, just move your head a little bit. And I just keep cutting, like cutting hard at him just to get him to, like, you know, at ease a little bit and get his head out. And then I looked at Pat. I'm, like, moving. I go, I don't know what to do, I like that loud, just hoping he'd just be like, uh, what was that movement over there? Nothing. Full <laughs> strut, whole time. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Finally, he just gave me a little bit, and I just – put the starvation bead on him and just let her eat and uh, starvation bead <laughs> i'll tell you what though man i mean this this was a poke i mean a lot of people don't take vacations this far i felt like it was so far and he rolls and you know turkeys flop no flop done i mean right. stoned him right there i run out there and and uh paste it off 45 yards and just dunzos the winchester sx3 with I shot him with uh, Longbeard XR. I did a pattern video on it the other day. Um, three and a half inch Longbeard XR five shot, and that was uh, nice. that was all she wrote. <laughs> I think fives are my favorite for a turkey for shotguns. Yeah, yeah. Like four I, is I, almost a little bit too much. Like because if you get that close that close range shot, you're just you're making a mess. But I think five is like right in that sweet spot. I, I agree, and honestly, I usually don't shoot three-and-a-halves, and I don't have any threes, and I had a box of three-and-a-halves this year, and I'm like, well, I'll just dive into these, I guess. You know, it won't hurt. I went and did that yeah. pattern video because, honestly, I feel terrible saying this, but I haven't patterned this gun. I've had this gun for – this is my third season with it now, and I haven't patterned the gun. It's, a like I said, a Winchester SX3 uh, long beard version and it's got the standard long beard choke that comes with it and the turkey choke so i i went and did a video and it'll come out here too soon on our digital i patterned at 20 30 40 and then i shot one at 70 for shits and giggles but 20 was a touch high like so i was i mean you know too and a lot of people listening to this probably know you know those beads you can't really move the bead on a shotgun so my whole thing was like I just want to see where the nucleus of my pattern was, like where my point of impact is from where I'm aiming. And it was a little high, um, but it was tight at 20 yards. 30 yards, money. I mean, 30 yards for that setup, put the bead right on him, let her eat, 
you know, and you're, there's so many BBs in the head on that. And it was, it was still pretty tight. Now, when I went to 40, it actually, I mean, it spread out a little bit more. I can't remember how many BBs were in the head, but it was a little sporadic and it was a little high right. I think it was high right. So I think that's a little more right, I guess. So I, you know, knowing that I, you know, did the best and it worked out. I mean, this bird did not flop at all. So, um, Just I don't know, oh yeah. And I agree with you. The fives, five shot is probably my favorite as well. Um, but yeah, it worked out pretty, pretty darn good. So I'm, I'm done. I actually ate him for dinner tonight. So, uh, <laughs> full circle today. <laughs> Perfect. Can't ask for anything more. No, I, I, well, you can. I'm going to get greedy. I wish we could shoot two birds in Michigan, but we only shoot one. So, <laughs> yeah. But I uh, kind of parlay. I do want to ask you about your turkey season. I know you started hunting this weekend, but to parlay a little bit I first did. into, um, we got a long season. It goes into June this year, I think. And uh, now it's just, yeah, I we have a season. I believe it goes to like June 7th. First time I've ever seen that. But um, I was looking for a new box call yesterday online, and I went to my turkey vest the other day, and my box call smashed. I don't know how in storage <laughs> or whatever, and I'm like, shit. So I need to get a new box call. So I was looking at box calls and found one that I liked, and so then I like typed into Google, see what kind of deals and where you could get them from. Well, Shields came up, and it had a deal on Shields. There was like... 20% off or something like that. So I went there and ordered it. But like in the meantime, I was like, I'm going to check out decoys. Cause I want to get a new strutter decoy and, uh, typed in avian X or whatnot. And the avian X strutter LCD strutter decoy was on sale from like $130 to 80 bucks. And it was all free shipping. And I said, yep, getting that. <laughs> so, uh, Something I bought you those. Just can't turn away. No, you can't. You really can't. And now my season's already over. So, uh, unless this COVID shit it, like lifts and we can go to Ohio or something, because we've got a lease down there and tons of birds. So, we'll see. But um, yeah, so I, I I did that. But I guess what I'm getting at is now it's a guide guide season for me. So, take the call and <laughs> take the decoy and go get my buddies a whole bunch of birds. So I really enjoy yeah. that too. Well, that's awesome. I'm still I'm still looking for for the one. You're looking for the one. Well, yeah, I'm looking for my first bird. I, we can shoot two here, and I've got two tags. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I'm still looking for the first one. What uh, What happened this morning? Or you didn't you went uh, you didn't go this morning. You went midday, right? Yeah i I'd intended on going yesterday morning first thing, but. <clears throat> every place I go, whether I deer hunt or turkey hunt or shit, just to go fishing or do whatever, it's an hour away. Like I live in downtown Des Moines, man. And it's, it's killing me. Yeah. And, that That's an aggressive wake up time too. <laughs> oh my God. Is it? It's, it's only going to get worse. Honestly, like it's only, it's going to get lighter sooner the further the season yep. goes. So it's like right now is the, the best I could ask for, you know, and I got to leave my house by, you know, three forty-five in order to get to the farm with enough time to 
haul a blind in there, put decoys out, set up tripods, cameras, all that bullshit, and you know, give it a half hour to to wake up. And that's if I know where the birds are. Like I'm I'm not going down there the night before roosting birds because it's an hour right. down there, hour back home just to get five hours of sleep, an hour back down there to hunt, and then shit. Yep. If I don't kill a bird in the first hour, I'm committed to staying there till noon. You know, then I'm just. And you guys dead. can only hunt till noon, right? No, we can hunt all day. Oh, you can. Missouri, you can only hunt till noon. Yeah, I know I Missouri. Think Missouri is the only, yeah, I killed a bird in Missouri a couple years ago, literally at like eleven forty-five, eleven fifty, and I was like, "This sucks." Like, I grew yeah. up being able to hunt all day. You know, that's how that's how New York was. You know, before I moved to Iowa, and that's how it's been my whole life in New York was. May first to May thirty first, from sun you know thirty minutes before sunrise until noon. So I mean I'm used to yep. that, but man, it's a freaking grind. It is. You get the turkey sleeps, man. And now, you know we've got all of our crew that that uh, you know we're trying to film and everything like that, and still, you know, we got a little gobbler club here that we've had for years now, and trying to you know get all these other people on birds so i'm going to be filming and it's just one day after another you know <laughs> early oh, yeah. turkey sleeps <laughs> yes i know and that's that's what happened to me yesterday the alarm went off at three o'clock and i i wasn't drunk i didn't do anything stupid the night before i just <laughs> I, I woke up the alarm went off at three o'clock and i was like Screw that. Snooze. <laughs> <laughs> Not happening. And I sat there at snooze till 5.30 until I turned it off. And then I woke up at 8. And I didn't do anything. I I took my pre-workout. I did some pull-ups on the old doorway pull-up bar because all our gyms are closed. So did enough to feel like I <laughs> made, my, made my day <laughs> worth waking up for. And then I put mulch in the front flower beds and... Did a bunch of laundry, like just all the house bullshit you do on the weekends, and then oh yeah, yeah. Today, I, I mean, last night I went to bed. I was asleep by probably eight forty-five. It was, it was amazing. I was the same and, way, uh, man. Earliest I've been to bed in a while. Yeah, it felt great, and I woke up bright and early today. I was up at four thirty without the alarm, no problem. I got up, made breakfast. Me and Allie ate breakfast, fed the dogs, did our morning routine, coffee. You know, had the had the caffeine in you and everything was flowing and it was like seven o'clock and I was like, all right, now we can go. <laughs> and I just, I look for the mid morning birds. I, I drove down there and we just walked around the farm. We did f- almost five miles on the farm, just walking and talking and I'm using a bow. So I had, I had a ground blind, had a ground blind, two tripods, two chairs, two cameras, <laughs> All my stuff, me and Allie, you know, decoys, everything. Hiked it around for almost five miles today. Heard one gobble. <laughs> oh, so, man, that sucks. It was about 1 o'clock, one thirty, and uh, we hit Casey's, got a pizza and a couple tall boy Arnie Palmers, and we sat there at the farm and ate pizza and just – soaked up the sun for another hour and went home <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah and i i was gonna tell you too i i didn't i didn't shoot the bow i 
wanted to shoot the bow this year for on a turkey. I haven't done it in a couple years, and last minute last night, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take the gun, and I wanted to double this morning with my dad, and, you know, I was like, just just take the gun and do that, so I'm going to have to wait another year on the old bow, but honestly, it just... Not that it wasn't a lot of work, but I, I just haven't shot my bow enough. I haven't really had a lot of time, you know, working from home yeah. and trying to get as much work to, done as you can. Um, I just haven't had a lot of time, and I didn't feel really that comfortable with the bow yet. So uh, I just decided to take the gun. Let's go Have you ever happen. killed a turkey with a bow? Ever? I, I've killed uh, nine with a bow. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there was a t- – uh, 2018 two years ago was the first bird i killed with a gun yeah with a gun since like 2009 or 10 something like that i just at that point i was like you know what i'm gonna i've never shot one with a bow before and i'm like i'm gonna go shoot with a bow and then i did and i'm like okay this is fun and i just kept shooting with a bow year after year and then it got to the point again where i'm like I kind of want to take a gun now and then did the yeah, gun thing. And then last year I did the gun thing. And then, you know, this year with the gun, I said, either way it's, it's fun. It's just kind of one of those get bored a little bit. Let's switch it up. Oh yeah. Kind of thing. Yep. That's, that's where I'm at. Like I've, I took the bow today just because I, I, uh, I bought that, the Bomar nose button and I tied it onto my string and I was shooting in the yard and I was like, I don't, I don't get it, man. I really don't, but I'll be damned if my groups didn't tighten up and I bring my bow up to the target and my bubble is dead center every time. Like as soon as I put that thing on my nose, bow squared up and I'm locked. Like there's no really? floating around trying to settle my nose on the string. Like I don't use a kisser button. So selfless plug to the bow, my nose button, 10 bucks, freaking worth it. Well, don't get too far into that. I want to talk about that eventually. I know you and I right. need to do a, a little catch-up podcast, and it's something I've been kind of looking into, and I know you said you were going to get one, so I, that might be something we just dive into on another podcast. We might even do it this week maybe. Um, I want to dive yeah. into some products. We usually do a product podcast, and maybe we'll dive into that this week or something for the upcoming fall. And yeah, sure. I know we did one. I know we did one last year about like, after ATA, about the new products that were coming out and what we kind of wanted to try. So maybe we'll do that. But I'd like to know, you know, you've been shooting your bow. I want to know more about that. Yeah, definitely. So I'm I'm all for that. Like, I, I love that idea because I'm, I'm still waiting on my new bow. Matthew's has the doors chained shut right now. So I was supposed to have yep. a new VXR by now, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So. It could be a while. I, I don't – I really don't know as long as – this COVID – shit needs to fucking pass man i'll tell you it's yeah getting oh, ridiculous yeah. right now it's, so it is that's but, a whole nother ball of wax but uh <laughs> it is i'm sticking with the bow i bought two turkey tags uh iowa has four seasons i got i got second season and fourth season and yep. i'm gonna run my bow for all of four all of second season and then if i if i haven't killed anything or you know whatever happens i'm picking up the gun for the fourth season but I want to I want to make a headshot on a turkey with a sever. Like I just I just want to make a good clean <laughs> yep. 15 yard headshot with a broadhead on purpose. Yep. I like it, man. In, you need to do it in 120. There you go. Yep. Yeah. If I had two turkey tags <laughs> this year, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I got to try. But, All right, yeah, 20 minutes in, and this was supposed to be yeah. five minutes. Long, so. <laughs> I said five to eight minutes, and my story got yeah. too long. But uh, let's get into this week's podcast. We had Cameron Deerfield on. Um, I've had Cameron on before. I don't think you've been on the, the previous two podcasts. You were always running around doing something. Nope. And um, we, we kind of get into a little BS session. But, I mean, the main theme was, like, mobile setups. Talked about mobile setups. And then we got into some other stuff, just BS shit. So, um, yep. let's get into this, man. And uh, good to have you back here. And I think we'll have you back for the foreseeable future for a while, anyway. Yeah, I'm going to drop another little bomb here, quick, to leave <laughs> leave you hanging. You know, but uh, I'm officially unemployed. Base map uh, eliminated my position, so I'm uh, I'm a free agent. And we can talk about that for as long or as little as we like down the road. Yep. But yep. You uh you you got your your uh prospects out there, you're seeking, but we're just in a situation right now where not a lot of people are hiring, so I feel exactly. bad for you, man. You're keeping your head above water, I know you are. Um yep. but yeah. We'll be on the on the phone another two hours talking about that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, another day, another case of beer. Yep. Well, cool, man. Right. Um, everybody, if you know, I'm gonna say it one more time. Uh, if you guys are looking for any promo codes, we still are running promo codes on IamHumanimal.com. Go there. I think we got five or six promo codes. America's Best Bowstrings is one for sure. Uh, Banks Blinds, um, and I don't have the list in front of me, so you'll just have to go there and look. IamHumanimal.com. Uh, redeem those codes and get your guys self some cool gear. Uh, so with that being said, let's get to this interview with Cameron. All right, today back on another podcast. It is April turkey season here in Michigan and just about everywhere. It's all started, and I got Justin back on with me this week, and we've got uh, a return guest for the third time, third time, Cameron Deerfield. What's up, man? What's up, brother? How you doing? Good, just uh, living and uh, kind of trying to survive all this COVID, you know? <laughs> You're, yeah. I see that you're living pretty well down there. I mean, just finding sheds every day, living the life, and now you're just scouring maps and selling all your, you know, compound equipment and going trad. What's what gives, man? I literally, I just talked to you not too long ago, and you're, you know, you're now you're going, a, you know, a total different direction on me. Yeah, uh, it's just I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, the whole trad thing that that was something that I said I was going to do if I shot my target buck. And, uh, and I've kind of, I've kind of been, been wanting to do it for the last, you know, three, like three or four years, but I've been chasing really big deer and I just was being a complete pansy about it. So, <laughs> uh, now I just, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of just something that I've just kind of completely dove into, I guess. I like it, man. Take a risk. Do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it's not so much risky now. I mean, I, I don't have like any super megas that I'm chasing. I'm just going to have, you know, older, good, good deer. And I don't have like, I'm not going to put so much pressure on, on just shooting a single deer. Just go out and have fun, you know? For sure. Yep. I hear that. <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad we, you know, you and I kind of briefly talked. I wanted to get on this podcast and just kind of do a bullshit session really. And, but I did want to talk about something I want to, I want to get, out there first and we'll hit on this and then kind of wherever it goes we'll go but um big thing right now is mobile hunting you know and 
I kind of want to pick both of your brains. And Justin, I know I've talked to you at length about it too, but um, it's something you went strictly to a couple years ago. And Cameron, I know you did the same thing. Um, yeah. And my my mobile, I guess the way I'm mobile is not probably the same as everybody else's mobile, what you would think mobile hunting is. You know, um, mine's more of, you know, see a deer do do something than like, take the stand down, get over there and hang it and hunt it. Like that's kind of like a hang and bang, like mobile for me. Um, I'm, I'm fiddling around and I, I even talked about it last year. I feel like I've broken record right now talking probably about the same time on a podcast about how I wanted to go mobile. And, but I want to get into it, pick your guys' brain a little bit and, you know, just kind of, you know, the things that have went well for us and you guys and things that, you know, didn't go so good and what you'd change and stuff and maybe our setups and because it's something I definitely want to do a couple times this year and, and I'll explain why I don't want to do it and why it intrigues me. So um, if that if that's good with you guys, I want to dive into that. Yeah. Well, Cameron, we'll start with you, man. Like when did you strictly, you know, start going mobile? I mean, were you – like growing up, were you always like a set stand guy? Like set them up before the season and then like get in and 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 hunt like that way. Um. Well, when I was real young, like nine to ten, eleven, uh, we had property in a different county that we hunted, and I used a a uh, climber growing up. And then I started to hunt more of the farmland when I was about fifteen, sixteen, and my parents wouldn't buy me a lock on because they said it, it wasn't safe and you really couldn't use a climber because there's no like super big trees so i started hunting just like you know fence like i'd find it like a, a real thin uh fence row or like a deadfall and i would just i would just sit there and just and just learn to watch deer and then i mean and then i got into hunting set stands for about three or four years and i mean i shot deer but it wasn't near as fun and you could you could really mess up your your season quick, and uh, I think 2017 is when I went full fully mobile, and uh, it it was a complete. I mean, well that season I shot my target buck in like ten days. And for, for mobile for you was that like like what everybody else you know kind of says mobile is take the stand and sticks on your back, go in, set it, hang or you know set it up, hang hunt and then when you're done you get down take it down with you and then you keep moving is that your mobile yeah yeah and, and when i first started it was nothing glorious man it was like an old uh wild game stand that weighed like 22 pounds <laughs> and like these old uh i think they were like filled and stream sticks and uh you know it, it was it was a super heavy setup and it wasn't very handy but at the time i didn't really know any better i just knew you know that was way lighter than carrying in you know a full set of sticks and everything. So, I, I mean, it, 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 it definitely has gotten better. I mean, I definitely use a whole lot better gear now. <laughs> You're right. And it's gotten a lot better. I mean, if you go, you know, even Millennium has a good, you know, mobile stand now, but Custom Gear, Lone Wolf, and XOP, I mean, they're kind of the, the, kind of the OGs, in my opinion, you know, for the run and gun. They're specifically made for that, kind of like kits. You know, they have like the sticks and stand combo, all that stuff. So it's definitely geared towards that. I know that. And Justin, I know you, you kind of switched recently too. I mean, is it, is that something that you felt like you needed to be, you needed to do that to, you know, be more 
successful or was it just kind of forced into it because you started hunting public land? Um, I guess it's probably a combination of both. Uh, I don't really see the <clears throat> the benefit of having multiple options. I'm, I'm one of those guys that second guesses yourself to death every single chance you get. And number one, it's, I mean, I, I don't need more than one setup. Um, I, I don't own land. I don't have a lease. I am hunting public land in Iowa, and I I want to be able to adapt based on what I see or don't see. And if that means moving 20 yards or moving 200 miles, I don't want to worry about going back to get something when the season's over or worry about if it's going to be there when the season's over for that matter. I just decided I'm going to spend the money on, on good stuff one time. I'll always have it, and this is how I'm going to hunt. Yeah, I get that too. I mean, Cameron, with you, like, I mean, do you see, do you see, I don't know, do you ever see yourself going back to like hanging set stands in some areas? Because I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, my property's here. I've got uh, a big chunk that's over 200 and some acres, and I got a smaller chunk with smaller timber. And I guess my thing is with the smaller timber one, I'm talking like three, four acres, is like, I feel like I need to have set stands in there because, uh, you know, if I need to sneak in and, and get in quietly without hanging a stand, you know, if there's a deer bedded close by, I, I, I'm battling that with that in my head. You know, is that something that you see yourself like going to a set stand on smaller pieces, you know, a little timber where you have to get in tight or are you still doing the, the mobile and trying to get in as tight as you can? Um, no, I'm, I'm still gonna, I'm, I'm completely mobile. And the reason I say that is because, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of time to hunt, so I don't have a whole lot of time to waste. Uh, and if I, if I'm going after a deer and say the wind isn't perfect, being, being mobile, I can, I can still go in there and hunt him. And, uh, it's just, it's just little stuff like that that could be, you know, a matter of shooting a deer on the 10th day of season or on the 100th day of season, you know? Yep. Um, so, I mean, I can't say never because once my kids, you know, start hunting stuff, I'll do it for them. But, like, for me personally, no. I don't, I don't think I could ever go back to just sit and set, set stands. Now, I've killed deer out of the same tree, um, but that's, you know, that's just because this is a, a really good spot. Right, yep. Now, what's your setup? Like, what, what are you running for sticks and stand? Uh, XOP sticks. And a Millennium uh, M70 and an M100. Okay. Now, are you, with those sticks, are you using aiders or anything like that? Or are you just strictly, I no. mean, how many sticks are you using? I'm, I'm using four. And the reason I like the XOP sticks is because they uh, have that, where they all, like, uh, lock in. Yep. And, you know, that's, I just really, really like that feature. Because you, you can throw that strap over, over your... Uh, shoulder climb that tree and take each stick off as you as you as you go up and have your stand and, and pack on get up in the get up in the tree or get up to your height throw your stand on throw, throw your hook in throw your uh uh hook back on and the whole time your bow's laying down there with the rope tied to your hook bag or, or your pants or something yep you go ahead and pull the you go ahead and pull the bow up and boom you're done how, how long is you it know? taking you to set up in a stand Depends. Uh, 
if it's around Thanksgiving and I've been snacking, it takes a little bit longer. But, uh, <laughs> uh, normally, I don't know. Like, I can probably full set up probably 15 minutes, like 12 to 15, uh, 12 on a really, really good day on not like a real hard set and probably 15 to 18 on a super hard set. I gotcha. Are you... Are you taking like a handsaw too if you need to cut limbs, or are you mostly going back to trees that you've been to before and that are you know mostly trimmed out already? No, I I have uh, I, I do carry a, a saw with me. Snips I find are a little bit better. Uh, you know they don't they don't they just cut a lot more and faster and better, and I, I just I just like them better. So I, I'll more so carry carry them. Um, but yeah, I mean, and sometimes I do hunt trees that I, I know that you know during during that time of season are gonna if, if there's a, a big deer there, I'll, it'll probably be useful for sure. And you know, when you're when you're getting in, like, what are you, you know, are you layering down to climb up and then getting in and kind of layering back up, or how does that how does that work? I mean, you don't want to be sweating, right? Yeah, no, no, I don't. Yeah, so I don't I don't really get dressed until I'm actually. In, in my stand. I mean, I, I have like, you know, like real thing, like, uh, pants on and stuff like that, but my, but my shirts and everything, I don't, I don't wear anything like, like that. As soon as I get in stand, I actually, uh, wipe, wipe down and, uh, you know, and if it's warm, I'll wear, you know, face mask and all, all that. Right. Like, a, a, like when it's warm, I'll wear like a super light one, just, mm-hmm. you know, cause if, I, if I'm sweating, because, when it's you know early season, you're gonna sweat just just sitting there, you know. For sure, and you know you said you have millennium, so you have an M7 and M100. You know they got the ratchet strap for the stand. Are you did you replace that with anything, or are you using the ratchet strap? Ratchet. For are sure. you? My 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 100, I think it was actually came with the chain mount. I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but, uh, I got you. Yeah, because I've got an M7, and that. I mean that is a light stand. I think it's like seven pounds, and the seat is about yeah, the I most mean, comfortable tiny. thing there is. It's it's tiny, but I mean it's it's worth it, you know. Yep, Justin, what are you running again for sticks and stand? I'm running the lone wolf stuff. I got the alpha hang on and the the lone wolf steps. And you you find that pretty efficient, don't you? Yeah, yeah, and I mean I know there's, I guess the, I, I could experiment and try some other things, but I'm I'm kind of cheap. And I've spent enough money on this one the first time, and I kind of got my system down. So I, I probably could be a little more efficient, and for that matter, save a little bit of weight if I if I experimented with a few things. But uh, to me, it's not worth the money to to have all the multiples just to try to figure it out again. I'll, I'll, I'm just going to run what I got. Right, Cameron. What I mean, what do you think is the biggest challenge in mobile hunting? Just. Uh staying staying with it kind of because it, it does seem like a lot whenever you first start doing it and uh it just seems like a lot of extra work and when you're you know 20 or 30 days deep and you haven't shot a buck yet you're doing all this extra work it, it, i mean it seems very very taxing but once it pays off or you know once you look back on a, on, a, on a season and be like well you know i did see a lot of deer or, or i did see a lot a lot more deer or you know i i learned this or learned that you know it, Oh yeah, I, I think it, it all pays off then, you know. And that's where I'm at with it too. I mean, one of the things I'm fighting with in my head is I've always been a set stand guy. Set them up, you know, in the spring or summer, and then that's where you hunt. And then if you have to move accordingly, you take a stand down, you get a little bit of mobile, and 
and you go hang it. But like I said, like it just seems like so, I shouldn't say so much work, but it seems like, I don't know, it. and I think it's just like you said, Cameron, a little intimidating because, you know, I haven't really done it like exclusively before and trying to get in tight and be quiet. Like I want to be able to, not that I would, but I want to be able to like, get out of work. And if I have to run to my stand and just get in, I want to be able to do that, you know, like get to the tree and climb up and you're good. So I guess that's kind of what I'm fighting with the most. But I, every time I turn around, I see these guys everywhere, you know, just, you know, getting on deer and being mobile 100% of the time. And I, it's, I'm fighting with it, man. I just don't know what the roadblock is. Hey man, you you killed the biggest year of your life because you were mobile. This year. <laughs> I did. Yes, I did. I mean, I'm not trying to, it, it's funny, but I mean, I just want to point it out. I don't know if you've thought about it that way before, but I get that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, it definitely it, it it definitely pays off. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, but you know, it's it's all it's all what you want. You know, it, it's as a as a hunter, like what your what your what your goals are and all that, like. You gotta start weighing out your options if it's if it's worth it, you know. Right. right. Do do you guys see there ever being a time where you could be too mobile, if that makes sense? Like maybe not giving one area enough time. Mm, I would say no. No. I mean, I think because it's still basic knowledge. Like, I mean, once you <clears throat> once you kind of know a farm or know or you've hunted enough, you kind of know, like, what, what spots are probably going to be hot when, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, right. trail cameras are a game changer when it comes to that. Yep. Uh, Cameron, you're not hunting many mornings, right? You're not a big morning hunter, right? No, not, not really. I mean, like I said, in, 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 in farmland, I feel like it does a little bit more harm. Yep. Um, but, no, I don't I don't hunt a whole lot of mornings. I do hunt a few mornings, but it's not, you know, and sometimes not. <laughs> yep, right. No, I get that, and I totally understand what you're saying, Justin. But when you go in the morning, I mean, you're hanging and hunting every morning, right? Yeah, I I prefer the morning if I can get myself out of bed. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a morning hunt over an evening hunt every day, every time if I have the choice. Uh, number one, because the potential for recovery increases, and I'm filming every one of my hunts, so I want to know that I've got recovery light. Uh, in the event that I do kill, now, I'm not saying I don't hunt afternoons, but if I had the choice, I would take a morning hunt. Yeah, that's that's, that's the only downfall to hunt, let's say like hunting e- evenings is uh, the footage because I also film and the footage is, isn't always the best, you know. Um, yeah. Or you got to wait all night and you will come in come in the next day and coyote again, or yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's not not an easy thing to leave. Yeah. I don't know. I. I always feel like, I mean, Aaron, to go back to your question, I always, I don't want to say from experience, but more times than not, I've had the best hunts I've had in the first sit. So to say that I could be too mobile and not give it enough time, that's a big factor in me saying no, because I think your best chances are every time you make a new decision and you move, whether it's 20 yards or 200 yards, it's like a new hunt every time. Yeah, for sure. I get that, yeah. It's just, it's fighting it. Cause I know that, uh, I know that it, you can be very successful at it and I know, and it's kind of exciting, kind of something new, you know what I mean? And you know, you get yeah. to go to some areas that you normally wouldn't probably go and 
you know, possibly, but uh, it's just something new. And I think, like Cameron, like you said, you know, once you seal the deal, it, you know, makes everything all the better. It's like that much more rewarding, and I could definitely see that. Yeah, I mean, the first time that it worked for, for me, I mean, I was just like, yeah. It kind of, it, it was almost like, well, why, why, the, why the hell haven't I been doing this forever, you know? And then... The yeah. more, and then the more, and like the more you get into it, you start thinking back on deer. Like, man, I could have killed him. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I totally get that. And you know, I actually listened to a podcast, and these guys were talking about how the deer were actually uh, moving their trails. He could literally see their trails from year to year, moving farther and farther away from their stands because their stands were in the same trees. They're entering the same way the every year year after year, and he's like, that was like the deciding factor for him to be like, I need to move and get a little mobile and, you know, keep these oh, deer yeah, guessing. But he could, like, distinctly yeah, the deer, see the, deer the trails moving. Him. Yeah, so that was his deciding factor, and that kind of was a, a light bulb moment, like, maybe that's something I might be doing wrong, you know, hunting the same areas the same way every time and, you know, maybe do, try something a little different. Have you guys experienced that at all? I mean, uh, yeah, I, when, when I was hunting, when I was just hanging stands and just hunting out of stands like that, it, over like a two or three year time span, you can really see a difference. Cause like, say you blow does out on October 5th and there's like four or five does. Okay. Well, you do it again on October 20th. Okay. Well, by November, your, your does are gone. So which means your bucks are gone, you know? Yep. And, uh. Just stuff, stuff, stuff like that that you kind of pick pick up on, and you know it's it's uh, when you when you do find out, you're like, dude, what the heck were you thinking? <laughs> you <know>? like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> what are some of the biggest yep. benefits to mobile hunting? Do you think? Yeah, positives are are you're going to see a lot more deer. Um, it's going to seem like you're messing up a lot more, but you, I mean, and you kind of are, but you're not really because you're 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 learning i mean that's one thing you got to think about is you're going into a whole different other type of hunting so but the positive to it are you're going to see a lot more deer you'll you'll get to hunt new places all you know almost every every single sit um and you really pick up on deer a lot more like you know uh just their, their movements their their language all all this stuff like you because you're seeing more deer you're getting deeper in, you're going after, you know, bedding or, you know, food, whatever you're doing, you're, you're tackling it and you're going at it. You're not just sitting back and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Right. And that, uh, you know, to go back to what you said, you know, you don't get a lot of time to hunt, so you want to be somewhat aggressive and just get in and go. And that's kind of, you know, in my realm, that's kind of the same, same way. You know, I don't get a lot of time to hunt just cause I'm gone. Most of the time I got to hunt quite a bit this year. But, um, you know, not, not every year is like that either. So that's, that's one of the other deciding factors. It's like, okay, let's, let's be a little aggressive from, from, from get go, be smart, but be a little aggressive and get in there and make some moves that you normally wouldn't make, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, transitioning a little bit, I want to get into, you know, earlier I was talking about changes that you've been doing Cameron this year and you mentioned off record that you sold all your compound stuff. Now you're strictly tra- trad. You're you have no compound stuff to your name. Is that what you're telling me? 
Yeah, I don't have any compounds to my name. I'll take that back. My cousin gave me my uncle's 1977 or 76 bear polar the other day. <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't have any, 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 uh, any compounds. That's crazy, man. So other than you kind of making a goal for killing, you know, your target buck last year and saying, you know, that I was going to go trad if you did that. Other than that, like what made you want to, to go trad? Just a new experience, new, you know, new, uh, I guess, you know, what would you call it? A new, I, I'm losing train of thought here. Challenge. A new challenge. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, it's, uh, I, I love the challenge of, of just any, any anything that's going to challenge me and push me to be better. I, I, I just like it. And, uh, I've, I've had, you know, four, four, four good solid years on here and I'm just ready for a change, man. I, uh, and plus I kind of, I, I misspoke one night, you know, after a, few, a one or two, uh, <laughs> Uh, adult beverages said that I was going to uh, go 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 trad if I shot my target buck. So I shot my target buck on January third, and uh, yeah. you know, so uh, at that point I sold I sold my compounds. It was probably two or three weeks later I sold it, and the whole time I I had my dad's old uh, bear uh, uh, grizzly, and I was kind of just just like messing with it since like October probably, and. Uh, that's what kind of started the whole combo, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's kind of wild. There's days that I'm I'm really pissed that I I sold my compounds, and there's days I'm I'm, I'm, I'm there's other days I'm super super confident. So I've got this uh, pint glass from a brewery in Lake Placid, New York. It says uh, it's got a quote on it. I think Teddy Roosevelt it said, "Always do sober what you said you'd do drunk, and that'll keep you to teach you to keep your mouth shut." so sorry to digress there but it reminded me of that uh so i mean you're going trad which is sweet and you know have a new challenge and and try to achieve some new goals and everything but like what has been the biggest hurdle i mean you haven't been shooting trad very long right so like what's been your biggest hurdle so far i see you're shooting like every day you know on social media you're shooting a lot so you got to be getting better. I mean, are you just teaching yourself and, you know, what's been the biggest challenge? Yeah. Uh, well, so I shot trash for a little bit when I was younger. Um, and my, my cousin was, was really, really good at it. And I was, I was kind of, and I'd spend my, my, uh, summertime, like every summer with, with him and he, and he would shoot with me and he taught me a lot. And then I just kind of, I was into chasing, you know, bigger, bigger deer back then even. So I went, I went with, you know, the, safe route and just you know shot you know calm any uh i mean i gun hunted i i bow hunted everything you know and i i didn't really want to stop myself from killing a, a really big deer because he had these stories of like man i had this monster at like 40 yards one day and i couldn't pull it off and i'm like that sounds horrible <laughs> you know and, uh, <laughs> that's where i'm at with it like if you're you know 25 30 35 yards i mean that's a poke now, I mean, before with a compound, you're that's a chip shot. That's a 15 yard field goal, extra point to to win the Super Bowl. What do you got for that? I guess. I mean, it is. It's 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 kind. Of, I mean, look, man. I I'm gonna be confident out to about 25. That's my that's my target. And uh, if I have a, if I have a giant at 40 yards, it's gonna be rough. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go down that lane. If you've got your target buck. 
40 yards, feeding out there, you know, not a care in the world, you're good to go. I mean, scenario time, what are you doing? Well, I mean, I'm smart enough in the meantime to practice at 40 and just kind of see. So, I don't know, man. If, if I feel if I feel confident and confident being at 40 yards, I'm probably in the 80 to 90 percent chance of killing him or or missing him, just flat out missing him, because that'll probably be exactly what will happen. You, you hit him, <laughs> and you completely miss him. So, uh, I don't know, man. It'd be it'd be rough. It'd, it'd be it'd be a super hard call. It would have to be like open field, you know, like perfect, you know. That's tough, man. That's a hard one to uh, to really think about. Well, what are you doing right now for practicing? Like, are you just trying to get arrows shot? I mean, are you working on form or, you know, what is – are you just trying to find a groove and just try to, you know, find, I guess you could say, muscle memory so it's just second nature to you? Yeah, so working on form was, was big. And um, – with, with working on form, I was going through a lot of different bows, just buying bows like crazy, and uh, just finding a bow that really fit me. And uh, I found one, and from there, I just been you know really focused on form, really focused on you know not shooting the same yardage too much, always changing it up, um, shooting out of stands, shooting you know sitting down, you know, and pretty much everything I can do you know to just get better and. Like I said, there's days, man, where I'm out there on fire and I'm like, dude, I've, I've got this. And then the very next day I'll shoot and I'll be, you know, just slinging arrows. And I'm like, this is horrible. Like, what the <laughs> hell? When you're look, when you're picking out a bow, let's let's get into this a little bit. When you're picking out a trad bow, let's say you're just starting, you know, you're pretty novice at it. Like, what uh, what do you recommend? I mean, I know there's a ton of different lengths, sizes, poundages, like what are you looking for and what do you recommend to, to buy? Well, first, first off, you want to figure out how long your, 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 uh, draw length is. And you base your bow size off that. And so basically find, find you, find what, what size bow you need or around that same size. And, and it can differ. I mean, you can shoot a smaller bow and it not have, not, I mean, and not have a problem, but, uh, just do that and then go and then test out a lot of bows. I mean, grip is everything to me, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's got to feel good. Yep. And so you'll, you'll find that you'll, you'll go through a lot of bows and even bows, you can buy the same model bows from, you know, 10 or 10 or 12 years, you know, 20, maybe a 20 year difference in the, and the grip is completely different. Yep. And, uh, so just figure out a bow that feels really, really good. And then start working on form. Get on, you know, YouTube, and there's tons of videos out there show you, you know, how to, you know, form, you know, arrow, you know, how to how to pick arrows, you know, just I mean, anything that you want to know. What's what's your setup looking like? Like, what's your bow specs and arrow specs and all that stuff? <laughs> uh, so, I kind of got into buying old bear bows, and uh, really really hung up on that. Okay, and so. My my hunting bow is a 1957 Kodiak, and uh, it's 64 inches. It's 47 pounds at 20 at 28 inch draw. And so are you? Are, and that's like, I mean, that's an old bow. 
<laughs> and it's, yeah. I mean, has it had to be refurbished at all? Like, I don't know a lot about trad. So like, what do you have to do with limbs and, and all that stuff? Like, is it still in pretty good shape? I mean, what's, uh, yeah. what, how do you, how do you even like, you know, service a trad bow that's that old? Yeah, I mean, well, this one is in very, very, very good shape. And uh, I'll only hunt with it this season, and then I'll just put it up, and I'll either see if somebody can make me a bow exactly like it or, you know, find find the, the next best thing. But it's uh, it's it's in really good shape, man. I don't really – I mean, I, I had to do some stuff to it to, you know, quiet it down and get it, get it tuned up, you know. I mean, but – it's, I mean, as far as finish goes, as far as the actual bow itself, super, super solid. I got you. So what arrow setup? Are you got a heavy-ass arrow? Is that what you're running? I mean, what kind of broadhead are you looking yeah. at? I'm shooting, uh, I weighed it the other day. It's like 650 grain. And uh, it's, <clears throat> I, I, so I started reading about that stuff and, you know, got really caught up in, you know, arrow weight. And, a lot of these guys are shooting like you know sixty-five pound bows, and I'm like, that's that's crazy. <laughs> My shoulder would be shot, you know. Yep. And uh, so I wanted to go with a little bit heavy arrow uh, uh, arrow setup, and uh, I'm shooting carbon uh, carbon arrows. And my first batch of arrows I had made up with five inch feathers, but I'm going to go with four inch trap veins on this uh, next setup. All right. So, and then what what broadhead are you using then? Uh, broadhead, I'm going to use a grizzly stick. It's 125 grain, uh, two two blade. I got you. So you're 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 throwing a Lincoln log out there. I mean, you're throwing a Mack truck. Really, I mean, that's a pretty big yeah. arrow. <laughs> yeah, because you know I, I know what's going to happen, man. I'm going to you know, have a target buck come in. And I'm going to hit that <laughs> hit that one shoulder blade. Yep. You know, so I want to be ready for that. Yep. I mean, what's your plans this year? I know you got uh, I know you got a buck that you were telling me about last time. I mean, you're looking for him. Did he make it through? You know, did you find his sheds? What's the deal with him? Yeah, so uh, he made it. Uh, I found his match set like two weeks ago. And uh, he's not going to be a giant, man. I mean, he'll be a good, respectable, probably mid, mid-50s deer. But be a, a hell of a uh, trap buck. Dude, you are and, you're just totally different than me because that's a giant to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, like, I mean, uh, he's not he's not gonna be a giant. It'd be like mid fifties. Like, I mean, nothing that big. I mean, man, I would... hundred fifty is, is a big deer. I'm sorry, <laughs> it, it, it really is. But you know, I know we're not all on your status, like killing giants every year. You know, sixties, seventies. No, <laughs> I've just gotten I've just gotten lucky twice. <laughs> but uh. But yeah, man. I mean, I, and you know, and and my goal is in both states that I'm that I'm hunting this this year. I might be hunting a, a third, but is anything 140 inches and better? I'm I'm probably shooting it. For your first trad buck, you wouldn't. It's got to be 140. Or damn, damn close. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's just just in, in both areas that I hunt. That's going to be. It's not really the size, but that's a good four-year-old buck. Yep. Or or bet, you know. Yep. So that's that's the way I'm I'm looking at. It. I don't want to go shoot. Uh, I mean, I know the first you know three-year-old that walks in at 130, <laughs> I'm gonna be you know, just blood pumping. But and you're gonna shoot uh, it. 
No, I don't, I don't know. Hope, hopefully not, man. But, you know, I mean, YOLO. I'm going to text you every <laughs> night of the season and say, hey, your three-year-old's coming by you tonight at like 6.30. Get ready. You're going to shoot it. And I'm just going to keep feeding that giant. Like you just you shoot that first 130, it comes by you. Just shoot him. Just shoot him. I'm going to be that little guy on your shoulder just giving you encouragement. Just just do it. Just do it. <laughs> I mean, that, that'll probably keep me more focused than anything. So just please do that. <laughs> oh, man. Yo, you're going to be outfitting all year. You're not even going to get a chance to hunt. Let's be honest. No, trust me. I set up the uh, schedule. <laughs> I got I got plenty of time to hunt. Well, Last year, see, I didn't, and that's what kind of hurt me, man. That's why I didn't come on during so late. But this year, I got to set up. You know, each each year you kind of work out. You know, pink. Yep, <laughs> yep. It's good to work for yourself. So that's always nice. <laughs> yes, sir. What's uh What's the third state on the docket this year? Oh, so uh, I have a buddy who lives in uh in uh in Indy and he has some killer killer farms to hunt and he kinda you know once wants me to come out there and film with him and I'm like dude if I have time to film he's like if if you do come film I'll let you shoot it he's like I'll I'll let you shoot any anything you want pretty much. I'm like I'm not gonna come shoot you. You know <laughs> come on man. Yeah. But uh but if I do go out there and hunt, you know, it'll probably be later. And it would just be for, for fun. I mean, I'm not really counting on shooting any, anything. But, uh, uh, you know, if I'll for sure shoot a doe. Right, yep. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up because any Indiana is, like, something that's kind of been on my bucket list for some odd reason. But to be able to yeah. go, you know, somewhere three, four hours away from a house where I can hunt a long weekend, um, I don't know a lot about the state, don't know any good areas in it. I want to learn more. But uh, I don't even, Justin. I haven't even asked you this. I mean, have you get have you ever hunted Indianapolis or Indianapolis? No, have you hunted Indianapolis? No, <laughs> Indiana. Have you ever hunted Indiana at all? No, I haven't. But I know it's one of the first places you can hunt. Uh, you have a really good chance of shooting velvet whitetails in the archery season. If you want to start hunting, I don't remember if it starts in August, late August or early September. But Indiana um, starts that early. I believe it does. Uh, my buddy Brad Beaver killed like a almost a 185 i think it was last year out there really i didn't know they started that I, early that's crazy it can't be august but it, it is early probably september I know they, for sure, they for sure have giants over there though. oh they do what uh cameron what area are you talking about going to yeah that i don't know i know he lives in actual indy so he oh uh, gotcha okay so he he hunt, he said it's like an hour from there. So I mean, I didn't really dig too deep. You know? I got you. Yep. <laughs> Have you ever hunted Indy before? No, I, I mean I, no, but I've wanted to the last four or five years to use you guys killing slobs over there. I mean hammers, dude. It's like one of the biggest sleeper states. I feel like. And I was looking at the tag yeah. prices. The tag prices are are pretty cheap. Like I feel like they're only like two hundred ninety bucks or something like that. Does, that. does that sound right for a non-resident? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's really not that much because, I mean, states that you wouldn't think cost that much to hunt cost cost crazy money to hunt. I know it. Yeah. I'll tell you another good one that's uh, – I'm, I'm probably going to – I don't know, I'm giving up my secrets here, but as far as the sleeper state goes, uh, Wisconsin. You get into the bluff country at Wisconsin for a non-resident. If you're hunting for the first time, a non-resident archery license is 80 bucks. That's unbelievable. Dang. I remember you telling me that. 
Yeah. Same with gun. Like I've been bow hunting Wisconsin for five years and then I gun hunted for the first time this year and it was 80 bucks again. So even though I'm in the system, it's, it's whatever season you're buying for the first time is $80. And I got five, I got five deer tags for Wisconsin gun season for 80 bucks. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That is, that's, that's crazy. I'm going to Wisconsin next year. Let it be known right now. I'm going yeah, to I'm <laughs> I've hunted I've hunted bigger deer in Wisconsin than I have knowingly hunted in Iowa the last two years. Find some public. Yeah, I know well, they got some I'm good public go too. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and get uh, out about two weeks for this fall. Yeah, I, I know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> it's dude, and it's that's another one that starts early. Uh, their archery season starts like September 15th or something like that. I might have okay. to start looking into yep. a September hunt, Wisconsin public land. Dude, that's, I got some relatives that live over there too. Probably I should figure, I should figure out if there's any public close to them and just stay with them. <laughs> you can, I'm telling you, you can really extend your season if you just if you're willing to travel a little bit, and if for the money to be able to hunt in September for eighty dollars, and their archery season goes all the way through like the middle of January. Dang. I mean, it's 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 cheap enough to just do it. I mean, even even if you go once, right? Huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. Yep, absolutely. There you go. You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate it. Maybe I should delete this out of the podcast so nobody else knows it's eighty dollars. Yes, <laughs> yep, yep. Cut cut that out. <laughs> I'm not telling you where to go. It's a big state. <laughs> I'll have to find some public and get over there and, and go hunting. I want I've been wanting to do some public out of state, so maybe that's where I go. I mean so yeah. let's let's probably, let's talk about that, Aaron. Like what are you gonna do this year since you just had like the most kick ass season ever? <laughs> Everybody says that man. I had I, I mean I had a good year. I mean <laughs> just trying to stay humble oh, over here. here. He <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really don't know what I'm gonna do. I've got a Michigan bear tag. I've got I've I've waited 12 years to pull a Michigan bear tag. I've got 12 points. Um, the only thing with that is our seasons that's in September, uh, so we're usually in Alaska or Yukon or something like that hunting. So I haven't been able to do that. But you know, with this COVID stuff going on, if it keeps even going, you know, through the summer, you know, Alaska they're they're you know closing their bear season already, and you know a lot of people are closing fishing season and. So I, I literally have no idea what I'm going to do yet other than Michigan next year. Um, like I said, I want to I wanna try to branch out a little bit, maybe do Indiana and now maybe Wisconsin, <laughs> which would be nice. But um, <laughs> as of right now, I mean, those are the, the kind of the two that are really intriguing. Um, possibly Kansas again, but that's a draw. So And it's getting harder and harder to get a tag in Kansas. And since I pulled one last year, I probably won't pull one this year. I have no idea. Um, So right now, focusing a lot on Michigan, my family farm. I've been breaking that down even farther. And uh, that's why I wanted to talk about the mobile thing. I want to get a little bit mobile up there. It's a bigger chunk. Get in some areas that I have never been into. Hunt them a little differently. Um, That's As of right now in April, that's my plan. Um, and it's subject to change. I mean, I've been working home for five weeks now, so we're all doing Skype calls with all the coworkers and everything. So like tags and, you know, where we're hunting has kind of been the last thing on our minds right now. We're just trying to get through this damn pandemic right now. But, um, I don't know if I was getting an invite to Kentucky, 
I would love to con- come to Kentucky. I've been trying to come there the last couple of years, but you know, I just haven't got an invite. <laughs> oh, this guy! <laughs> hey man, you're more than you're more than welcome. Heck, why don't you ask Alex? Man, I try I try to put him on a deer all, all season. What is his deal, dude? I'm gonna talk about him. I know he'll probably listen to this. I'm gonna talk about him behind his back. Does he like smell bad or something? <laughs> no, man. Listen, that's that's my dude, man. He he grinds, dude. You want to talk about a dude that freaking hang and bang? That dude pours his heart and soul into it. He does, and, man. I mean, he 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 hunts his butt off, dude. And I tried so hard to uh, help him out this year, and it seemed like I just kept running into you know problems and problems and problems. You know, deer moving or people people. Literally, gun hunters trespassing or standing right on the fence row with shotguns, like twenty yards behind Alex, just like staring out there, like, yep. dude, come on, you know, dude. And he just had he just had a lot of bad luck, man. He, he I don't know, I, I felt for him all season. You know, I talked to him a little bit this fall, throughout the fall. Of all the guys I know, he is the grinder out of everybody, literally that I oh, know. Dude. He hunts his butt off and you know it's it's paid off for him he's killed some great deer over the years and this year i you know i felt bad for him i mean he was he was trying to carve out it seemed like from you know a social standpoint when i was looking at him social media he was trying to carve out two three days where he could come down to your place or go somewhere and just like you know get on him and and i commend him because he he went right down to the wire I mean, he took her to the last minute of hunting, and yep. you know, just things did not pan out. I, I felt for him, man. I really did. Dude, he was at he was at my house in the last day of season, and I mean, we did. I felt so bad because we cause we were on some great deer, man. I had like probably five to six different shooters lined lined up, and. Just one thing after another, man. Just horrible winds, you know, and, and trying to get him down from, you know, down just down here, period. And then and once he's here for the wind and weather to be perfect, I mean, come on, that's asking way too much. Yeah, right. And then and late but, season, you never know what the weather's going to do. You know, when you get that far right. into the season, it's like snow one day, rain the next, sunny, really warm to really cold. I mean, you just never know what you're going to get. Yeah, but, man, just watch out because this year he's on two studs. I promise you. He's he'll kill him. I know he will. I had him on. Oh, yeah. uh, on I mean, I think it was last year. I think that dude just knows how to get on some big deer. And he, like you said, he's just a grinder. He is. He oh, goes at yeah. it harder than anybody I know. Well, like I don't, I don't invite nobody to my to my to my house to hunt. And I'm like, and me and him started talking like probably like two years ago. We hit it off. We started hanging out, and then we actually hunted. And it was just like, like dude, he's he's like like. That is my dude. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he's, I mean, he's he's the one editing like all all my uh, videos and everything. So I got you. Good deal. Did you get your deer on camera this year? Your big one you killed? Yeah. So it was on GoPro because when I shot him, it was on January third. It was fifty three outside and pouring rain. Oh, that's right. So, I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. So I didn't want to have my big camera out. So I it's all GoPro footage. But I mean. It's about as good as, as you know, as good as uh, GoPro footage as, as you can get, I would say. Yep. I got you. I know we're coming up here on an hour, boys. I, is there anything else you guys want to cover? I'm up for anything. So, uh, are you going to kill a bigger deer this year? <laughs> no, uh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I do. 
But I'll tell you what, I think I might have outdone myself. I don't think I'll kill one again that big. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 you know, honestly, it's, I, I've been going around and around with, you know, not round and around, but I've been talking to a lot of guys and it's been a big thing going on, I feel like right now. And Justin and I've talked about it before and, and, you know, the, the hunting industry as a whole and, you know, trying to kill, you know, big deer and everything and, you know, hunters bashing other hunters for doing things that they feel like are not, you know, right, even though they're ethical and legal, you know, maybe it's for killing a deer of lesser caliber. And it's like, I, I'm right. just getting so sick of it, man. I like, you know, and, you like, know, that's, that's why my uh, out-of-state buck I shot this year was like 120-inch deer, dude, and he was he was three, and I didn't care because I was pumped. <laughs> yeah, and that's what, <laughs> and, like, uh, I, I ask a lot of guys, too, like, what's your goals? Like, what's your goals going into the season? Like, is it a harvest goal? Is it an inch goal? Is it, a, is it an age goal? And I kind of got to step back and ask myself that, like, what are my goals? And it's like... I don't know really. Like I've got an idea. Like I want to kill a three-year-old in Michigan. That's 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 my goal. The the, yeah. the you know the inch. I I really don't care. But honestly, I might kill a two-year-old if that if that deer comes at me and I'm like, holy crap, that's a good deer. I'm gonna shoot him and I end up getting up to him and he looks like he's a baby. You know, I mean, so be it. Like initially yeah. when you get that initial feeling like yep yep that that's the one yep he's gonna go home with me you know that's kind of what i'm going off of in a way but i i do have a, a set goal you know a three-year-old like i said and then you know going out of state i want it to be a four-year-old and that that's where i'm at with it right now so it's just yeah. you know the hunter on hunter hazing and bashing and stuff like that i'm just sick of it i mean i don't know it's it's getting sickening and it's, it's tiring. <laughs> There's like guys out there, keyboard warriors, just nothing else better to do, man. Just, but put other people down. Yeah. I mean, it's sad because like you can't, I mean, if you shoot a deer with a gun now or anything, you, you just get bashful and it's like, what the heck? Yep. Yeah. I get it. And Justin I mean, and I had this conversation too, because Justin, your Wisconsin buck, um, it was the one in the snow, right? In the Wisconsin one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and I remember, you know, you were talking, we were talking about it and everything. And I think you even, I don't know if, I can't remember what you said, uh, kind of alluded to like, you know, it wasn't the biggest deer or whatever, but you were super pumped for that deer. And I remember, Oh God. <laughs> I remember you saying, you know, something like, yeah, he wasn't the biggest, but like, dude, he got me so jacked up and I'm like, yes, like that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like. You know, he's still a great deer. I mean, that deer was probably, I don't know how old, from the pictures, I thought he was probably at least a four or five-year-old deer. Yeah, I, his, uh, his head's still in the garage. <laughs> he's waiting <laughs> for a boiling pot. <laughs> but I planned on pulling his teeth to uh, to age him, but he was by far the oldest deer I saw in uh, eight straight days of hunting. And he happened to be the one that walked within range. Yep. I mean, I was I was pumped. I really was, like. I killed two, you know, two deer this year, one in Iowa, one in Wisconsin that, I mean, anybody else might say are mediocre. They're just clean eight points, you know, that walked in range, in frame, in focus. And, but I was like, you know, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm covering ground. I'm hunting as much as I possibly can. Yep. 
there's pe- there's people that would kill for this chance, you know, and it's not that I'm ungrateful for that. I just I hunted my balls off this year. Mm-hmm. I hunted uh 12 straight days in Iowa and then eight straight days, so 20 straight days. I mean, you know how that is. And I got lucky. I'm not passing up opportunities when animals work. I mean, yep. I, I'll, sure. I'll let a year and a half gold go or a two and a half, you know, if it's private land, if there's management goals, like, you know, I'll, I'll play by the rules, but man, I'm, I'm over the inches game. <laughs> I've got six applications in this year. I'm going hundred percent in on deer all over the country, no elk and maybe no bears if Montana sticks to their closed season, but I'm, I'm just covering country, man. I'm going to shoot everyone I can. Yep. Yeah, and that's 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 kind of why I started scouting scouting public more, you know. Which out of state, I've always had a public, but here I've never shot a uh, public buck here. So I started, you know, that's scouting on public thing. It's cool, man. Like you don't you don't ever know what's what's going to walk in, and when you're hunting, you know, private parcels like I've been for the past five five or six years, it's just uh, you you kind of know, you know, if you see a buck, you kind of know who it is, you know, and you kind of expect yeah. to see him. Yep. Cameron, with all your, you know, your stuff over the, you know, the past five or six years, really getting on good deer and, and killing some solid bucks, have you been getting any, you know, backlash or anything for any small, minute things that, you know, people just coming out of the woodwork of like, you know, you shouldn't have shot that deer or, you know, anything like, have you been getting any of that or, or seen any of that or, you know, like, I don't know, how are you combating that? Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, I mean, all, it comes from a lot of different people in a lot of different ways, you know, uh, social media, YouTube, all this stuff, people, the thing you have to realize when you start putting out videos is people are going to bash everything, you know, oh, yeah. uh, it, it don't matter what you, what you do, somebody will, somebody will have something bad to say about it. Um, so you just kind of got to take that for, for what it is and know that, Hey, I'm putting myself out there. You know, there's going to be people that are, are doing that. Um, but as long as you, you know, as, as long as you stay true to what you want to do and don't ever lose focus to that and just keep on moving. I mean, and as long as you're at, you know, you're doing everything right. You're, 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 you know, I don't see anything wrong with, with what anybody's doing, you know, hundred percent. I agree. It's it just, it seems like anything you do, man. I mean, if you shoot a deer at 35 yards and, and, and hit his, hit, hit the back of lungs and liver, like, Oh my God! Dude, there's 40 dudes in the comments like that was the whole most horrible shot I ever seen. Like it happens. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, they they pride themselves on being the one who points out the wrong. They think like if you're you're putting video out there, it's because you got something to hide and you're you want to look better than you are. So they take every chance they can to try to be the one who points it out. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's. I think what it all stems from is jealousy, and I'm not trying to make anybody out there jealous. You know, anybody can have a YouTube channel now. Anybody can have social media channels. Everybody's got a smartphone. They can take videos and pictures. I'm not trying to make anybody jealous, and I don't want to come across as an expert at anything. And hopefully, if I if I do, I want somebody to like put me in my tracks because that's not what I'm trying to do. You know, the deer that I killed in Kansas this year, I thought he was a four-year-old, probably a three-year-old, but that was not the deciding factor. When I looked at that deer, I'm like, that's the deer I want to kill. You know, like I knew right off the bat, 
And when I walked up on him, never once did I have a thought like, oh my gosh, he's small, you know, or something or a ground shrinkage or something. You know, he probably, I, did, I haven't even put a tape on him. He's at the tax nervous. He'll probably go like 115, 120 maybe. And the thing is, is I never once ever thought like, how am I going to make him look bigger in pictures? I didn't care because of the experience I had, you know, the, the, the footage that we got, you know, the memories I just made, like that was it. Like, that's all that I cared about. And, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, you know, five, six, seven years ago, I was the guy saying, you know, I don't want the neighbors to shoot this deer. I don't want my, you know, guy that I have a lease with shooting this deer. And I'm like, I look back at that guy that I was, and I was like, I want to plant one between his lookers. Like, what are you, like, who are you to say, <laughs> you know, you can shoot this deer or that deer, you know? And that's just, I don't know. It, it, I just hate it. Like, why can't everybody just be happy for one another, <laughs> you know? And, and, and I'm not trying to downplay yeah. any guy out there that's like, I only want to kill big deer. That's fine. That is your prerogative. Do what you got to do. But don't sit there and downplay the 115-inch deer that I shot then. You know what I mean? Because right. you have no idea what situation I'm in or what memory I just made, you know? So that's kind of yeah. where I'm at with it. Rant over for me. <laughs> Take it from there, boys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, we've kind of, you know, I grew up hunting without trail cameras, you know, anything like that, you know? And uh, I, I didn't even run my first trail camera until I was like 22. And uh, I still don't do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I run... A bunch now, but I mean, <laughs> it, it, uh, it's uh, even that though. Like it, it kind of goes back to what I said, where like it just seems like it takes a little bit of fun out of it because you you kind of know what you're going to see, you know. Yep. And yeah. uh, the way I kind of beat that is by just chasing one specific deer, no matter what what other deer I see, bigger or not, I I shoot that single deer, you know. Uh, I, I think I've kind of, you know, formed into that. But now that I'm back to scouting public and you know, you know, putting the time there and all that, like, it's kind. And then shooting trap, it, it just kind of makes you feel like you're like, you know, fourteen, you know, like fourteen or fifteen, you know, <laughs> and you just like you're starting that. all over again. Yeah, it's just fun again, and you just you have this sense of, uh, you know, you just want to, you just want to go have fun, you know. Yep, for sure. I totally get it, man. You know, and, and I feel like stuff like that's important because uh, I feel like guys who go on these big ego trips and stuff that do put a, you know, a bad name on stuff, they don't ever take time to kind of like reset, you know, and no, just, uh, I agree. And, and just go have fun. They get too caught up in what they have to do and not what they want to do, you know, and I've, I've always told myself, I just want to, my goal is to challenge myself. And that's, I, I totally agree with you because. You know, on on the deer, my big deer this year that I killed in Iowa, uh, you know, I had a lot of pressure on me, and it wasn't any pressure from anyone else but myself, and it's just because I'm one of the most competitive people there are. And I tried to tell my wife this because she's not really. I mean, she's got a com- she's competitive, but she's not like like to my level. You know what I mean? Like, and I tell her yeah. like competitiveness to me, you can't shut it off. If we're going out to skip rocks, I'm going to try to skip a rock farther than you or get more skips. You know, it's, it's, (laughs) but at the end of the day, if I lose, 
you know, in my age now, it's not going to be like, I'm going to kick and scream and whine and stuff like that. But like, I want to try to better myself. So like when I went to Iowa, I knew I was only going to get about six to seven to possibly eight days to hunt in Iowa. And this is the Holy grail. I mean, everybody talks about it. I've waited four years for this tag. I wanted to kill something that I would never be able to get an opportunity at, at home in Michigan. And you know, I, I just, I put a lot of pressure on myself. You know, if you guys saw the video, you know, I had big deer within 15 yards a couple times and could not get it done for one thing or another. And then that was another thing. Like there's guys making comments like, oh, you know, can't get, can't get the shot off 10 yards, you know, within 10 yards on a big deer or whatever. What the heck? And it's like, dude, you were, <laughs> you weren't there, man. Like, you know, but, if, if I had the opportunity, a little better opportunity, more ethical, I would have taken the shot. But, um, you know, it, I had a lot of pressure on myself and honestly, it was all self-inflicted. This is a goal I wanted for myself. When I was a little kid, I never thought hunting Iowa was going to be a realistic thing. And now it is here. I am doing it like the people I looked up to on TV watching, you know, when I was growing up and that was it. And it was, just, it was a lot. You know, and, and after seeing that deer that morning go out of my sight for probably the last time I thought that was, I literally wanted to jump out of the tree. I know everybody says that, but like I wanted to jump and just be done with it. I was that far gone, you know, and then, you know, you just got to fight, fight it and get yourself back. But like, I never once want to outdo Justin or I don't want to outdo Cameron. Like I never once like, ah, you know, I got to kill a buck. I got to kill a buck. Cause all my buddies are doing it. It's never crossed my mind. It's always something that's self-inflicted self like challenge and a goal I want to reach. I don't, is that the same for you guys? Yeah, it's hundred percent the same for me. It's my goals are my goals, you know, personal goals. They're not, I don't, I don't have a goal to, to shoot bigger deer than anybody. I got goals to shoot deer for me and whatever one I choose, it's going to be is what it's going to be. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, uh, <clears throat> I think all this is kind of new in, in the, in, in the fact that, you know, there's a lot more people self filming and putting themselves out there, but it's kind of like, I don't watch sports, but if you pay attention to the guys who watch, you know, the sports on Saturday and they're sitting there yelling at the screen, telling the team what they should be doing, you know? Yep. And it's like, yeah. Well, if you, knew, if you knew what they should be doing, why aren't you out there? Exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. And it's just, you just kind of got to think about it like that. When all these people are watching this, that's that's the type of view that they that they have on it. And and it's we live in a weird era here where we have a lot of you know old school hunters and a lot of these new guys that are trying this, you know, filming stuff. And you know, the older age guys are starting to watch YouTube and get all this and they just don't understand a lot of it. And, and they think if you're putting out videos and doing this, you're trying to showboat or you're trying, you know, it's just, it's just, right. just dumb stuff like, like that. Well, and to go with a little bit on that, like the, the day and age now, I mean, there's podcasts, there's YouTube, like you said, there's social media back in the day when we started hunting 12, 13, 14 year old, years old, there was none of that. I mean, there's kids, I've got nieces and nephews that are nine, 10 years old that have an iPhone now. I didn't get my first flip phone until I was 16 until I could start driving, you know, and it's yeah. like, it makes me sound really old, but you know, it, there's a lot more eyeballs on things now. And 
I think with a lot of podcasts in general and, you know, TV and YouTube, there's a lot of things that are like, it's got to be this, this, and this. And if you don't do it that way, you're not accepted, you know, or right. it, 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 there's, there's almost like there, that there's just regimen written somewhere that it's like, you have to do it that way. And I, you know, I kind of get sucked up in it. I think everybody does in a way, but at the end of the day, do what works best for you. I mean, if I try to do things that Mark Drury does on his farm in Iowa, I'm not going to lie to you. They're not going to work for me because that just does not work here in Michigan, you know? No. So it's like, I don't know. You just got to take what, what you have and kind of take all the, all the stuff that you consume, whether it's podcasts, uh, you know, YouTube, anything, all the information you consume and you kind of got to boil it down to what works for you. That's, that's the best way I can describe it and take it myself. Yes, for sure. Rant over again. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, we're getting kind of lengthy on this boys. Um, I know, uh, it's been a good, good conversation. I appreciate you guys doing this. Um, yeah, of course. Cameron, it's always a pleasure to have you on, man. We'll have to do it again. You'll probably be like the be on fourth and fifth time just because you're good good guest to have on and and uh, you keep doing extraordinary things like selling your compound boat to go trad. I mean, what the heck? Come on, I'm gonna be a hater on you right now. <laughs> yeah, hey, you might as well just join 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 everybody else. No, man. And of course, I got I got I got guys saying I got pom poms in my in my in my closet and stuff, and I'll pull it out and like mid season, I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I commend you, man. I think you're doing a cool thing, and hopefully it pays off for you this year. And, hey, you might be an inspiration because the thing is, is I think Trad's coming back around. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah, going it it to be cool. It's going to be cool again, like the public land thing. Trad's the next right. one. It's coming, you know? Right. I mean, and that's, that's kind of a good and bad thing, but, yeah, it is what it is. Yep. I get it, man. <laughs> well, cool, boys. I appreciate you doing this, and uh, Cameron always – it's a pleasure. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Yep, thank you.